called Service Engine Soon. What we've been talking about is that in all sorts of areas of our lives, there are these warning lights that can come on. Uh, for some of us, it's a tooth that begins to go bad, and um, it, it, it hurts a little bit when we drink something cold or whatever, and so we decide we're going to just drink on the other side of our mouth, if that's possible, uh, or we'll chew on the other side or what have you. Um, it might be an actual check engine light that uh, went on in my Nissan Altima that would intermittently come on and go off, and so the way I solved that was I just waited till it turned itself off, right? And then you just hope that it doesn't turn itself back on. And when I went to go get it smogged, I just waited till it turned off and I drove into the smog place, got it smogged, done, and off we went. Uh, but our souls have a check engine light or service engine soon light as well. And uh, this might come up in the form of someone coming up to you and saying, you know, I've noticed that you... You didn't used to, but now you seem to be whatever. And we get that little service engine soon. And what we typically do, like, like we do with a real service engine light, is we panic or blame or uh, hope that it doesn't cost us too much to fix rather than just addressing the problem. And so what we've been talking about for the last uh, bunch of weeks is the idea of actually getting it handled. When we get that nudge, I mean, again, if, if you're um, not a Christian, maybe you're just kind of beginning to read your Bible or try to understand what this is all about. Um, you might call it your conscience, okay? Other people uh, might call it a, a kind of a movement of the Holy Spirit, you know, kind of a nudging, a conviction or whatever. Um, you might call it your spouse <laughs> who just kind of says, dude, what in the world is going on? And you're like, check it, you know, warning, warning, you know, wh whatever it is. But what we've been talking about is because these things are so important, and that if we don't get them handled now, they're going to build and become bigger and bigger and bigger. What we've been talking about are the different areas in our lives and the different stages of this service engine soon um, I idea. Um, last week, we talked about the idea of getting it fixed, that it's going to cost. It's going to cost us some money to get it fixed. But if we don't fix it, then we're, when, when we have a problem. This morning, we're going to talk about the fact that it's going to break down. At some point in your life, whether it's already uh, happened or it is going to happen, there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to find yourself pulled off to the side of the road uh, wondering what in the world happened. It might come out of the blue. It might be like I was just driving along, living my life, and all of a sudden the stock market crashed and all the things I had planned and all the things I had going on, and now i got to realize I'm, I'm going to have to work another four years or whatever. All of a sudden you find yourself uh, broken down, if you will. Others, it's you've been in a habit, you've been in a, um, a kind of a pattern in your life, going, 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 and all of a sudden red lights flash in your rearview mirror and you go, ah, no. Others, it might be something you've tried to keep hidden, and you try to hide it and hide it and hide it, and all of a sudden it gets brought to the light, and now your life looks radically different than it did before. Some things we bring on ourselves, other things just come out of the blue all of a sudden. One of your sons or daughters says something or does something, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what am I, I going to do? In life, we have AAA right? Like, I don't know, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but, you know, how many people have AAA? So, some of you do, some of you don't. Um, I have AAA, and I have the premium version. Uh, not, well, yeah, because I'm kind of a high roller, but other than that, um, uh, because I bought this 66 Mustang. And the thing about breaking down 
with your car, you never plan for it. You're not like, you don't talk to your car and go, hey, look, June's a really bad month for me. If you could just, you know, July would be good here. If you want to break down, here would be the time. Just hold out till then. It just comes out of the blue. And, and, and oftentimes, even though we're, we know it could happen, when it happens, it, it's always an inconvenience. And so what happened for me, uh, the first, after I bought this Mustang, Easter morning, and for, for pastors, Easter's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and so, um, not this last Easter, but the one prior, uh, this is uh, where she ended up. Um, we, we say she because, so, <clears throat> and so, um, so that was being, being backed up into my driveway where then I had to fix her. Uh, and then this one, this is a little video I took during, oh, that's right, vacation over the summer. And uh, that's what we call her, the white rocket. And um, yeah, she's beautiful. And uh, here's, a better, here's a better picture of kind of her. Yeah, there she is. Right. And then, uh, oh yeah, and then there's this that happened when I was up driving the car in Azusa Canyon, uh, the speed limit. Um, and... Uh, so I was just, per, just perusing, you know, looking out at the beautiful scenery. But uh, I guess something happened there. You're not supposed to do that. And uh, there she is again. Um, yeah, her brake lights are on, which I could never figure out why. They just came on, and I couldn't get them to turn off. And so I'm kind of glad the car is gone. And that's me in the tow truck, uh, the, the tow truck drivers to my left. And what's really cool about this picture is other than my total disappointing look, um, I still make that look good. I don't know how. But, um, and, and you can see the Mustang up, up there. The coolest thing about this picture is that through my sunglasses, you can see me taking the picture. And in that picture, you can see behind me. <laughs> like it's a picture within a picture within a picture. Huh? That's the only reason why I wanted to show you that. But uh, anyway, the fact of the matter is, I didn't plan any of those. I didn't want any of those. But I happened to have AAA. And I knew I was in trouble because Kai convinced me to buy the Mustang in the first place. And, uh, and no, that isn't why I was in trouble. And what he said was, oh, do you have AAA? I said, yeah. He goes, get the premium version. I'm like, there's a premium version, and that allows you to get towed like four times around the planet. And I should have known that the premium version, like once he said that, that she was going to be a, a pain. And uh, so I divorced her, and we bought another minivan. So uh, she's, she's dead to me. Anyway, um, <laughs> the thing is, when you need help, you need help. I didn't care who the tow truck driver was. I didn't ask him, so, well, who'd you vote for in the last election? I didn't, you know, look. I wasn't about a, it wasn't a race thing or a socioeconomic thing or was, it, was he male? Was she female? It was anything. I needed help right then. And unless I was prepared for that, that picture of the hood up, I'd still be there covered in cobwebs trying to find my way uh, down, down the mountain. When it just happens, it happens. And here, here's the thing. What we're going to talk about this morning is the idea that community is our AAA or our OnStar or whatever you have. Community. 
us knowing each other, investing in each other's lives, um, us being a part of knowing what's going on, us maybe even being a part of looking and saying, I think you got a check engine light on, buddy. <laughs> like even that, and it's uncomfortable, and it's risky, and sometimes it's messy, that is our AAA. When I get my AAA bill, this happens to me every year, I look at it. Now that the Mustang's gone, uh, I'll, I'll probably come off of a premium level, although just to say I'm a premium member is kind of, might be worth a few extra bucks. But uh, I'd go through the bill, and like the way AAA works is like, you know, do you, do you have any, you know, teenage drivers? You know, yes, uh, that'll be $7,000. Like, you know, you kind of go through that. But you have all these different things that you can have, you know, all these different little things. And so one of them is you can get a, a, a car like when your car breaks down, they'll give you a rental car. And that's just, you know, the, pre- the perks of being premium. And so you think to yourself, well, you know, what, are my, what are my chances? What's my risk? Like, like, should I gamble this year and maybe not get the premium, maybe just do something else? And don't, don't we do that in life? We start thinking, what's the minimum I can do <laughs> so that it doesn't cost me that much, but if something goes wrong, it'll be okay. And I think that's not necessarily where our church is, but I think that is the temptation of what happens when you're involved in community. You think, well, I don't want to go be in small group every single night. That's premium version. I don't want to do that. What's the minimum? How many men's breakfasts do I have to go to so that when I move, they'll show up with their trucks to help me move? Like, that's the, like, what's the, what's the minimum? Like, how many women's events do I have to go to so I don't feel guilty when I see one of the women? Like, where are you? Like, like what, what, what's the minimum? What we're going to look at this morning is Jesus actually speaks on this topic, and he talks about just how important it is, and I think he really challenges us um, at, at least I, I hope he does. Um, John chapter 13 is where we're going to be. So if you want to open your Bibles to that, you can. If not, we'll have it on the screen behind me. Um, here's what's happening. Jesus is at the very end of his ministry. Okay? The disciples have gone with him for three years. And they've seen tons of stuff. They've seen the dead raised. Okay? I just think about this for a little bit. These aren't just stories. This really happened. And so here they are, these 12 guys who've hung out with Jesus every single day, traveling all around Palestine, going, they've seen the dead raised. They've seen um, lepers healed. They've had leprosy, and it's just been completely healed. They've seen blind people begin to see. They've seen people come that were um, demon-possessed, which is just weird and like one guy was in chains and he kept breaking the chains and he was cutting himself and all this kind of stuff. And they see Jesus just kind of like come up. He talks to him and he's talking to the demon, which is just bizarre. And then the demon's like, like, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, if you get, like he's, bar- he's bargaining with his demons and then they like p- will throw us into these swine and he does. And then the, you know, the swine jump off a cliff. Imagine the disciples are just like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. One time they were in a boat and they're jamming along and it's just all these waves and wind and they think they're going to die. And, and all of a sudden Jesus comes in, silver surfer, he's like, like comes in, starts walking on the water and he, and, he, and he calms the storm. Peter for a little while walks on the water. I mean, 
you've got to see where these guys are. This is year three for them. They've seen it all. They've seen 5,000 people fed in one day. They carried the baskets that wouldn't run out of food. I mean, this is what they've experienced. And now Jesus is at the very final stage of his ministry. They're in this upper room, and he's going to share the Passover meal with them. And Judas, uh, he knows that Judas is going to betray him, and yet he washes Judas's feet. It's very emotional, very intense, very intimate setting is what we're going into right now. This is Jesus's last kind of words. I don't know if you've ever... Uh, been in a situation where maybe you've raised a kid and, 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 and they're, they're, you, you want to give them, like they go out on their first date and you're like going over 7,000 things to remember, you know, make sure you make wise choices. If there's any alcohol, I want you out there. You got my cell phone, is your cell phone charged? You know, don't drink anything, someone just hands you. You, oh, you, know, you go through the whole thing, like, oh, okay, you know, you're my baby, my baby. You know, well, I don't know what it's like for you, but that's what it's like for me. And so like, you're trying to get everything out in, in one thing. The, actually, the most important things you want to let them know are the things that are just like, oh man. And then you send them out or you do whatever and you just go, oh, if you're a manager and somebody's going on a business trip to give a presentation, one of your salespeople, and you're just like, oh man, don't forget to tell them the product has a 90 day warrant. And all of a sudden, ah, that's what I got. That's where we are with Jesus right now. Let me show you what he says. Now he says, when he was gone, the he there is Judas. So J Jesus has just washed Judas's feet. He's had a little dialogue with Judas, but he knows Judas is going to betray him. As a matter of fact, right before Jesus washes the disciples' feet, John tells us that he knew he was going to be with the Father. And knowing that, he wrapped a towel around his waist and began to wash their feet. So he knew this was it. There's just a, a couple more days left. So when he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son to himself and will glorify him at once. To which the disciples replied, What? What are you talking about? Think about this. They have no, they have no idea what's going on. And Jesus starts talking like that. That doesn't even make any sense to us, and we know the story. Okay, let me, let me get this straight. Son of, man is Son of man glorified, okay. God is glorified in him. The Son of man, yeah, I think so. If God is glorified in him, in the Son of man, right, God will glorify the Son in himself, in him or the Son of man, or, and God will glorify him at once. So he, listen, the disciples are just like, just like you and I. Like, can we just stop there for a second, Jesus, and talk about this? I don't know what's going on. Now watch what happens. Jesus just boils it down to this. My children... I'll be with you only a little longer. Like basically what I just said about me being glorified, me going to him, him being glorified, me, here, here, this is it, guys. I'm only gonna be here a little while longer. This is it. He goes on, he says, you will look for me just as I told the Jews and so I tell you now. Where I'm going, you can't come. Think about this. After three years, this has been their, this is their life. They are counting on him being the Messiah the way that they expect him to be. They're, they're counting on him taking care of the Roman Empire. They're counting on him to restore Israel to its rightful place, the nation of God that serves their heavenly father. 
They're waiting to become God's people again and waiting for God to be their God and for it to be the way it's supposed to be. And Jesus says, hey, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And you can't come with me. Now, again, if you're them, you're beginning to think, well, what in the world? And so Jesus goes kind of into the whole crux of everything. Like, this is, these, like, guys, this is the last thing I have to tell you. This is the thing to prepare for. A new command I give to you. A new command. Now, think about this. Three years Jesus has to do this, right? Three years Jesus has. He's doing miracles. He's doing all these kinds of things. He's doing, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, like I said, the paralytic and the raising of the dead and all this kind of stuff. And he's been teaching them. He's been teaching them. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's been teaching them. If your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. If your hand causes you to stumble, chop it up. He's kind of all these types of things. And then he says, a new command. I get, I'm only going to be around for just a few more days. You can't come with me. Here you go. A new command. Here's what he says. Love one another. What? Love one another. But nothing about money, nothing about sin, lust, uh, you know, which party to vote for, like the new command. Love one another. Now, we look at something like that and we think, man, how are we going to obey that verse? How, how are we going to obey this verse, love one another? Not show up on Sunday morning or be kind. I, mean, I look at love one another and here's what I think of. You and I are driving into the parking lot at church, okay? It's Sunday morning. We're getting the kids, you're screaming or whatever. We're getting ready. We're all kind of, you know, we finally got, you know, we don't want to be late and all this kind of stuff. And both of us come to a parking space and, oh man. And so I say, you know what? I'm going to love them. You take the parking space, please. Or, you know, you got a cough or something, and you're like in the there, and I'm trying to preach, and you're like, <laughs> and the person next to you is like, Ugh, and he's thinking, you know what? No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a pass. I'm gonna accept them. How they they're hacking on my neck, but I'm gonna, I I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna just take that. I'm gonna I'm gonna love. I'm gonna love them. Is that the kind of love Jesus is betting the future of the church on? <laughs> Giving a parking space and letting someone hack next to you? Or is it something deeper? Is it just that we hang out with each other? Is it just that, what does it mean? How, and again, there's no formula. I'm asking you as I'm asking myself, what does it look like to love each other? And, well, Here's the good news. Jesus gave us kind of a qualifier to it. And so when we think about it, and we think in our minds, okay, if I give up my parking space, that would be good, you know. And, you know, he did. He talked about helping someone move. I could, I could help somebody move. I could, I, you know, I could, I could probably, you know, whatever. Here's what he says. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I don't know why he said that, but it's kind of annoying that he did. <laughs> because I'd rather just give you my parking space than wash your feet. 
I'd rather kind of let you cough or whatever, and I think, man, when I get home, I'm going to then kind of accept you exactly where you are. You don't have to do a thing to change, but I love you. When you look at Jesus, when he's talking to these disciples, what he went through, he's talking to Matthew, who he saw uh, as a tax collector, like in his tax booth. It's like the way it worked is like, it was like owning a franchise. It's like owning a Carl's Jr. or whatever. You would open up your tax thing and you'd get a certain amount of area that you were in charge of and you, would, you had the authority to go and collect taxes. Now imagine this. Imagine if I'm here and you're out there and I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, come on, hand it over. You know, you're like, you do, you call it the tithe. No, this is different, okay? That, that was a joke, okay? <laughs> anyway, all right. So, so imagine someone in your neighborhood is collecting your taxes, how would you like that person in the neighborhood? Like, there they are. This is exactly where Matthew was. He had bought this ability to collect taxes. He gave what he needed to Caesar and anything left over, he got to keep. And Jesus said, you know what? He'd be a good one for our team. And the, the disciples were like, are you kidding me? We hate that guy. He owes me like 50 bucks. Jesus says, come on. Jesus talks to Nathaniel. The first thing Nathaniel says when, they find, when he finds out about Jesus is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, I'm just going to completely diss you and your whole family and all your relatives and, all, you know, everywhere you live. You know, I mean, like, Jesus is like, no, come on, it'll be great. It'll be great for the team. He picks John, James and John, who are constantly arguing over who's going to be better. And they're, they're called the Sons of Thunder, which you can just imagine. I mean, right, if there's anybody out here and you name yourself the Sons of Thunder, yeah, you're not on my team. You're going to be annoying. Jesus says, no, nah, those are the guys. No, come on, come on. He accepts them right where we are. See, he washes the feet of his betrayer. Jesus says, a new command I give you. Oh, you guys, listen, the 12 of you guys sitting right here, 11 at this point, love each other. Love one another. Be invested in each other's lives. Try, try, try to take it to a deeper level. Try to get to a place where it's not just about, hey, we're just hanging, Lakers, and all this kind of stuff. Try to, try to get where you're sharing lives, where you're going through disappointments together. Here's the thing. That is risky. It's risky, and it's messy. Quite frankly, I wish Jesus said a new command I give to you. Read your Bible. Like, I can do that. But he doesn't. He says, love one another. This is deep and it's intimate and it's confining and it's sometimes messy and it's risky. So I, uh, I ended up getting the premium version of the uh, AAA. Ken just wanted to say that again. Uh, and so our car breaks down on, on, uh, in the summer, you know, right on vacation. And it broke down, like the blinkers stopped working and like the electrical system was freaking out and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, it, we, 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 it broke down right when we were pulling up to the garage. Like, can you imagine? That's so cool. And we're like, Jesus, yay. It's like, <laughs> and I'm just like, man, this must be the place we're supposed to get our car fixed. You know, thank you, God. Uh, or why didn't you just stop it from breaking in the first place? Now that I think about it. Okay, so anyway. You have all these conversations with God. So, um, so I call AAA because I'm a premium member, man. I'm just like, hey, what's up, premium? Yeah. What number do I press for premium? 
because I knew they were going to they were going to give us a free rental car and I was hoping it was like a Maserati or something. And so I kind of called up and I said, hey, we're, you know, we're, and they said, well, where are you? We'll pick you, you know, we'll tow your car and then we'll send them to pick you up. I said, well, I, I broke down right at the, at the garage. And I said, oh, the only way it works is if we tow you somewhere, then you get your free car. I'm like, that doesn't spell premium to me. That's <laughs> like strings attached. I, I didn't, I specifically checked no strings attached super premium premium i want the premium one he said no we have to tow you so i i try to start the car and sure enough it starts up and it's like you know and i'm like so i i drive it like five blocks as fast as i can with the family in the car and then it's like and i'm like i'm like hey me again yeah why don't you come and give me a tow and a free car, right? I'm premium, right? And I was so glad I took the risk of paying the premium because here's this thing. Don't you get scared every time you pay your insurance, every time you pay for your AAA, there's part of you that says, I better break, you know, you're writing the check, I better break down somewhere because this is cost evening, right? Or, you know, you're, you're, you, you pay for your car insurance and you're like, you're this, there's this weird thing in us where it's like we pay $1,000 a year and we're afraid I might get to the end of my life and never have used this. And it's like, man, I paid $30,000. I never, I could have bought a new car, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so but we're afraid of the risk. And this is exactly what happens when it comes to entering community. We want those friends around us. We want that family around us when something goes wrong. We want people around us who are going to accept us just where we're at. We want a place, we all long for a place where we can walk in and go, I had a crummy day. I wanted to slap my boss. Yeah, you know, I just, and, and does anyone else feel that way? And they're like, uh-uh, but hey, look, I mean, whatever. We, we all got our thing. We all long for that. But it costs us something. It, we risk something. And so what does it mean to live this out? To love one another just as Christ loved us. And here's the word that, that, that just keeps coming to my mind as I think about Jesus and how he did this with the disciples. He was present. They, they call this ministry of God, the, the, Jesus had an incarnational ministry. It's a fancy word for saying he was there. It wasn't just Jesus, kind of the spirit Jesus, and ooh, ooh. he was incarnate. He was there. He was in the flesh. He says, I was there. That's how I want you to love each other. I want you to be present for each other. Now, for us, we're Americans, we're whatever, we're in a kind of a materialistic society. It feels awesome to just get on Facebook and be like, hey, have a blessed day, happy birthday, bam, what? I got 180,000 birthday requests. Woo, I love Facebook, right? It's, it's a whole different thing to be, I'm gonna commit to a small group. I'm gonna be at the men's thing. Again, this is not about attendance. This is about risking to that next level of what it means to obey. Now, here's what's on the line for this. And this is why it's so important. Because in the back of our minds, we're thinking, well, that's cool, dude, but I'm super busy. I got the kids in Kung Fu. I got the, you know, I got, you know, I work a lot. We've got two people working and all this kind of stuff. You know, there, there's just no time for this. And, and I, quite frankly, 
I kind of make pretty good money, and if something goes wrong, I think I could buy my way out of it. And that's, that's, I totally get that. But there's something else that Jesus says that's very, very important. He says this, by this, everyone will know you're my disciples. By the fact that you're in relationships that are deep, the fact that you've taken the risk, and it is risky to be in a group of people and to open up and say, I'm struggling in this area of my life, or I'm scared of this, or I don't think my marriage is doing really well. Being able to do that, that one thing, this thing, that's how they're going to know. You're like, well, I, I memorized my Bible. I like, I like, I go to church every Sunday. That's not how they're going to know. They're going to know because those relationships are rare. Because they're risky. And this is why we put up walls and we put on masks and we put up things and I'll go to this, but I'm not going to go to this or, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to be involved in a small group. I don't have time. I don't have, you know, all this kind of stuff. Now, again, you know, we love small groups here and we want everybody to be in a small group. But I understand where you might be coming from where there's not enough time or whatever. What I'm saying, can you take it to the next level of where you're at now? For some of you, it might be going to a men's thing. You're like, I don't want to go to a men's. They throw bricks on plates. What, what, I mean, who does that? I'm not, I'm not even interested in that. I'm an artist. I, you know, I, you know, I, I, don't, I can't even lift a brick. You know, whatever. You know, they're going to make fun of me, whatever. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your step for you is a small group. Hey, you think, man, I'm tired. Here's the thing. Watch what happens. This is so cool. Um, so he says, by this, everyone will know that you're disciples if you love one another, if you're invested in, in, in each other's lives, if you accept one another, if you serve one another, if you make time for one another, everyone's going to know. Now watch what Peter does, because this is just so classic. Not only is it classic Peter, it's classic dude of just like, because here's the way men work a lot of times, ladies, it's just a freebie. You, you just have, you can take this home and... When you say something to a man, he goes like this, huh? Like, what? And as you keep talking, he doesn't hear any of that. He's just going, oh, wait a minute. She said that I went, I, I do pick up my clothes. And she's like, and then I feel disrespected, and I wish that I could. And you're like, well, I know, I could have sworn I picked up my clothes. Your brain, you're like, because men are factual and women are feeling, you know, kind of. And so she's pouring out her heart to you. And you're like, no, I could have sworn. It was Tuesday at 4 because I came home. That's right. I was on the freeway. Oh, the traffic was terrible. And she's like, rawr, rawr, you know, whatever the thing. <laughs> anyway, so, so that was just all free. You take that home. That's a, a whole extra thing. Didn't even talk about it first service. So there you go. You're, you're waking up late. Paid off. Okay. Here's the thing. So Peter's a dude. He's Peter. But I think he's just like us. Jesus says, a new command I give to you. This is it, man. Love each other. And I'm going to qualify it. Don't try to squirm your way out of it. Just as I loved you, I want you to love each other. And by this, man, if you can do this, if you can accomplish this, the church is going to look amazing to people. They're going to go, uh, look, I don't know anything about them, but they must be a disciple because they love each other. They give generously to each other. They take care of each other. All this kind of stuff. Here's what Peter says. Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Like, what? 
Hey, where am I going? Yeah, you said you, where you're going, we can't go. I want to go. Where's that? Where are you going? Well, how come I can't go? What's the thing? And Jesus is like, dude. So Jesus spends the next two chapters, thank you, Peter, just talking. Like, man, you know, I got to get all this stuff on my, off of my chest. And two chapters later, he revisits this in uh, verse, 15, uh, verse 17 of chapter 15. This I command you, that you love one another. He's dead serious about this. But here's the thing. We go, yeah, Lord, where are you going? We want to be around Jesus. We want Jesus' presence. We want to learn about Jesus. We want Jesus to help us. We want Jesus to stop our car from breaking down. Or if it does break down five blocks away so we can get the free car. Like all this kind of stuff. We want all those things. Where are you going, Jesus? Where you go, I'll go. I'll follow. I'll do whatever you want. And Jesus says, you want, a, you want my presence? Yes, wherever you go. Where two or three of you are gathered, that's where I'm going to be. When you guys get together in my name, when you get together in a small group, or maybe it's just a bunch of dudes going out for coffee and you're just sharing your heart a little bit, you're taking it to the next level, that, that's where I'm going to be. Where I'm going, you can't go. You can't follow me. You can't be a part of it. But if you want to be around me, just get together. Just start sharing lives together. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? So let me ask us the question. How are you living it out? How, how, how are you loving each other? And again, for guys, you know, can we just change it from love to just hanging out? I mean, like, like I don't want to love. I mean, that, that just seems weird, you know, whatever. I, I totally get that. Okay, how's it playing out? Who are you investing in and who's investing in your life? How are we obeying this one command, this new command that Jesus, right before he dies, he says, guys, I've saved this to the very end. If I could sum it all up, here it is. Love each other, just as I loved you. 